0: You are now tuned in to the Property Management Show with your host, Alex Osinenko. We bring in the experts of today so you can be the master of tomorrow in all things property management. Whether it's getting more doors, running a profitable fee based business, or by simply being the best property manager. So, grab a pen and paper because this episode is sure to be a good one. Thank you and enjoy the show.
1: Boys and girls, welcome to the Property Management Show. You may be walking your dog right now, or you may be you know, watching the video. And if you are, you are going to be delighted by my guest because her name is Lisa Wise, and she runs a company called NestDC. Lisa, how are you? I'm good. Thanks
0: for
1: having me. Oh, that's awesome. And so Lisa, uh, you know, uh, and I had done this in the past, but it's been a few years now since we've caught up and talked again. She spoke at the PM Grow Summit, uh, the inaugural 2017, Uh, and she's going to speak again in 2019. So those of you who have not bought your tickets or are curious, go to PMGrowSummit.com. It's a conference for property management entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast and you know, who are looking to improve their business and the outcome and their life in the process. And so Lisa and I will attempt to help you with that today. Um, this is part of the how I did it serious. And I put quotation marks here because it, I want to interview successful entrepreneurs and specifically I want to point out and we've done this with Melissa Brandy. We've done this with Stephanie Gordon. And now Lisa Wise is here to just say like, look, you know, everybody makes mistakes. So let's, let's see if we can unpack some of these mistakes, learn from them together. Um, and, you know, make our businesses better. Oh, wow. And, and so that's kind of the, uh, point of this particular series. And i tell you, I just came back from a NARPM National Conference in San Diego. And I-, I can't tell you how emotional I get when people that I don't know come up to me, shake my hand and say, Alex, I just want to say thank you for the podcast. It changed my business, it really helped me out. And they provide feedback and uh, offer different uh, guest ideas and that to me is the biggest reward for doing this. Like by far, if I changed one person's business or life and in a good way, this whole thing is worth it. Um, so Lisa, we're doing a good thing here.
0: Awesome. Thanks for having me again.
1: Happy awesome. to do it. <laughs> Very, really cool. So, all right, let's dive right in because I'm not going to, you know, let's start with kind of where you are. So before we like walk, walk through your success story and failure story, um, can you kind of give us an idea of where you are right now as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a property management company?
0: Yeah. Um, well, we're in a really exciting phase right now. Nest DC is just about six months out from turning 10, um, which, you know, it, it was, I think people talk about parenting and, and they, you know, they're little for so long and then suddenly they're teenagers. I kind of feel like Nest is in that um, parenting space. Uh, where like I'm not sure where the last five years went but when we look at things here um, growth and how far we've come I'm really happy with kind of uh, the status of things and, and where things stand for us right now but we're also looking at okay we went from being kind of the um, the new kid on the block with the sort of novel marketing plan a novel approach to doing business and now we're we're pretty established we're more than pretty established we're probably one of the largest management companies in the city for um, single-family rentals. And so we're thinking about, you know, what does that next iteration of our work look like? How do we build on our reputation and the traction that we have in the community? Um, introduce some new um, income streams and and potential products. And I think, you know, it's that energy that keeps the staff pretty engaged and motivated. And excited about coming back to work instead of this log of like, you know, sort of one overflowing toilet at a time is pretty hard to come back to work for. So it's that growth mode that I think has always been pretty inspirational and um, exciting for the staff. We also have a sister company which is Roost DC um, and launched our third which does association management and building management condo buildings. Um, and then this last year we launched our third brand which is Starling DC which does um, turnover work and some light like, construction work. So you know it's been even though Nest is turning 10 we're kind of always in startup phase and always um, learning one la- lesson after another, and and not always learning from our <laughs> previous mistakes, but doing our best to do so.
1: Right, gotcha, gotcha. Would it be fair to say, just to qualify, kind of the the stage you're in, uh, turning 10 years old, you know, you you over three million in revenue, would that be would that be? Yeah. Okay. So so good. Yeah. Um, have you done? And by, this is a side question. We've done this, and we find tremendous advantage in doing this. Have you done? Uh, something like Inc. 5,000, fastest growing company. Um, have you, have you yes. done any of those?
0: We did. And we have um, placed in the Inc. 5,000, um, which was a, a big win for us. There's also, you know, a point at which you can't have uh, hockey stick growth because your portfolio is too big. Um, so I think, you know, we we were in a sweet spot where our growth was pretty accelerated um, because going from 100 to 200 properties, you know, that that growth um, uh, math is pretty inspiring but you can't go from 800 to 1600 in a year so it's you know it becomes to get it, it becomes unsustainable to sort of place on those lists year after year when you when you you are leveling out in terms of sustainability and, and that year over year growth
1: and as you, it, you're absolutely right and as you said um, it, like if you are like because my business look I, I relate to everything you said my business is gonna be eight uh, mm-hmm. gonna, so I'm two years behind two years younger than you but you're right, what I'm seeing right now, we've got, so with 2018, we've had, uh, you know, number 13, I think, 1336 on Inc. 5000. I think that we're definitely going to see a flatter growth cur- curve, because as you said, we already have momentum, we have good clients. We have to take care of our existing clients. I can't just yeah. keep adding stuff.
0: Yes, growth <laughs> is not a good thing. Um, and honestly, a, a business that has, um, that hockey stick growth isn't necessarily one that's sustainable or thriving. It's just one that, that saw a lot of growth. So it, I think a healthy business is one where you see, you know, not that, not those giant, giant profit numbers year over year, particularly in a service-based business. It's just not, you know, you can't do it. Um, and you do have to take care of your poor business clients and and make sure that you're not, you know, just seeking growth for the sake of it.
1: Mm. That's very, very, very smart. So uh, with, with that, um, your trajectory now is you. We, you and I talked off air for a second. You know, you're trying to get a leadership team to uh, sort of uh, um, begin to take larger pieces off the responsibility, and sort of having you have elevated more as a visionary role, right, rather than the integrator who actually has to continuously do things. Is that kind of what you want to do?
0: Yeah, more or less. I think I'm I'm most motivated in in creating um, a company. And a set of products that have a lot of brand recognition and, and a new model for doing things that we can build on. Um, and the you know the day-to-day management, the business development of the day-to-day management, um, a lot of the systems and operational work are things that I think I've I've done a, a good I've been lucky and I've done a good job of building a, a senior team that can build on that um, instead of me having to have. Uh, as much of a day-to-day role in those activities. So I think the goal has been to really kind of establish a strong um, strategic trajectory that's very growth driven but doesn't rely on that being all me. So it's like not passing the baton but sharing it a little
1: bit. So I bet we have listeners, you and I, that are in a similar uh, age, business age category. What is your advice? What do you you think? And that's, that's, I, I wanna know too. What do you think is a sustainable, healthy growth rate that both you and I and businesses in our position should strive for?
0: Um, I think for an, for an established business, so when I look at NTC, I'd say fifteen to twenty percent is a pretty sweet place to be. Um, I think you know we look at a pretty, and that's gross, not net, or that's net, not gross. Um, and you know, if you can live in that zone, you should be both profitable and taking great care of your team. Um, you know, if you're in a, if you're, have a new concept like Starling DC and we do $50,000 in business one month, then you know, I don't see any reason why within six, we should be doing a hundred thousand dollars a month in business. So that's just, but that's a different, um, that's sort of a different animal at this point.
1: Mm. So I've been discussing, uh, and talking about the concept of growing a property management business. In fact, the diagram behind me, those of you who watch on video is what I presented to. I have a customer only, we call it a business strategy dojo because it's a sacred training ground where we work our minds right on business strategy. And so this is what I put in. So my, and look, break this down for me or say, Hey, Alex, great idea. Or yeah, that doesn't work. My concept to, uh, to really have a a healthy growing um, and successful business, I think property management portfolio itself should be profitable and should grow, but it should also feed, other um businesses which i call cbus which is complementary business units like rehab and maintenance investor services and you doing this you already have a couple of those cbus bolted on what do you i mean how does that strategy like is are you are you are you able to maximize the value of the relationships in your portfolio through those cbus or they're they're independent companies how do you how do you like how do you conceptualize that
0: I think we have multiple and layered strategies and the most important thing to do is don't sacrifice what you're best at in order to pursue something new. So uh, if 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 pursuing another, you know, CBU or 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 tackling something that hasn't been part of your core business is appealing. Don't do it at the expense of taking exceptional care of your current client base. Because um, I see that happen where suddenly you're like, oh, there's a shiny ribbon of, you know, renovation and rehab. That sounds great. And oops, we, we weren't able to, you know, get leasing done or getting, you know, basic customer service needs met. So, you know, for us, anything that we pursue um, can't be at the expense of or threaten or risk the core business. So, you know, and which has always been NEST. Um, and then I think now that Roost is more established rolling into our fourth year of business, the same would be true. We don't want to tackle another business unit or concept, and then have it be at the expense of, of making sure that our, our core business and reputation is still um, intact and getting better all the time. Um, but we have looked at, you know, each relationship that we have with a client and or a building and or a tenant is an opportunity to monetize that. Um, and, and, we, and, and not in a way that we're like, oh, let's be predatory and like sort of get as much cash as we can. What we've done is build unique and individualized relationships with people and they trust us so you know when an owner is coming back to reoccupy a unit having been overseas or you know whatever whatever took them away and is bringing them back um you know our sterling dc unit now can make sure that that space is ready for them when they get back so yeah, uh, even though it might be sad to see someone leave the portfolio, we can ca- have that cash flow on the way out the door, uh, and then they come back with an exceptional experience. Rather than walking in the door and then like, oh, what a bummer! I had tenants here for three years, and now I've got to you know get the space polished and and back up to speed. Now we can do that in house, and really monetize every aspect of that relationship. Um, you know, we've also done things that while well, I don't think that. Are, they're not deserving of their own brand. We do offer a lot more consulting services. We've been consulting with developers um, as they build out um, different condo developments and thinking about how to um, how to proactively consider different pitfalls in construction and other um, kind of layout and, and, and community-based dynamics um, before they start delivering those units um, has been a great way for us to build um, some income. We've been doing expert witness work, which has been a really great way for us to say, hey, we've got a decade of experience. Yes, you can draw from that experience to, uh, you know, work on your 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 case. Um, and we've been doing something that is, I think, unique to our market, but not exclusive to our market, which is to do some consulting um, for small uh, condo associations. So when you're in a highly dense urban environment, you'll see, and this would be true of like Los Angeles and other communities where you start to see um, the accessory dwelling units and things like that, where we'll have people that have converted a a house into one or two or to two or three or four condo units. Mm. And suddenly you have a building that clearly isn't gonna have the income to pay for professional management. But is very vulnerable to all of the drama that goes uh, into sort of having shared responsibility, like the roof and the and the, you know the entire envelope of that building, the condo uh, documents, the all the sort of governing instruments, um, all the the contracts and taxes and and the implications of, of a shared ownership model when it comes to those associations. They're stuck because they don't really know how to do that well, but they don't have the resources to pay for a a month over month manager to do it well for them. So we started basically, um, you know, a fee for service consulting program where we help those small associations that are very unattractive to any professional management company to help them get completely set up. Um, and it cash flows nicely for us, and then we're basically on retainer when they need something, they pay our hourly fee, and then when inevitably all of those people want to move out because you move on, um, they and in this environment a lot of people will keep those units as rentals, then they engage with us to manage the rentals over time. So it's just a really nice way of building those long-term relationships and and actually having those relationships um, cash flow as well, which is what we're hoping for.
1: Mm. So it's a lot. There's a lot there. Um, so starting with a lot of these consulting services, to that eventually can potentially turn into a product. Right, you can productize it eventually, but maybe not. But it what it does it it, it enriches the relationship.
0: Yeah,
1: right? and that's that's kind of key. And I think I think the CBUs should not be looked at as as you know this 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 individual uh, cash maximizing opportunities, although they are. Right. It it but it should be looked at as a relationship enhancement, right? Exactly. And that's that to me what it what they represent. And you're right. If you take your eye, and this is one of the things that I, this is Lisa. This is why I I talk to people a lot who run maintenance companies, successful and not so much. Um, and they always say, well, I'm really good at property management. You know, it's really not not not. I I can't foresee taking my eye off the property management company. To be able to build out a real like a healthy real estate sales division yeah. or investor services, and my answer to that is you 're just not ready to do that I, you know if and we talked about eOS a little bit entrepreneur operating system and and you and I both are going through the same kind of things where we I, I'm, I'm working on getting my leadership team to run the business yeah. where I can come in and 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 do things like you know focus more on podcasting focus more on pm grow and and doing things that I, I enjoy and give back to the community. But um, I, I think just it's a stage of the business. It's maturity of the business. Yeah, if you're growing 60 70 80% a year, you can't, you can't go out and start building other businesses. That's irresponsible.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I think you, you know, you, there, there are certain windows of opportunity when it makes sense to pursue those different business units. But again, you can't do it at the expense of the core business.
1: Gotcha. All right, so let's 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 get back and and talk about when Lisa Wise failed, when when she fell down, and it was not pleasant, and things m- may have not looked really good at that point. Take me through that time, please.
0: I think that for us, a continuing theme has been not always having our exposures. Um, our legal exposures identified and addressed before we're in trouble. Um, And I think we've been lucky in terms of, you know, not having to face a lot of, uh, you know, sort of lawsuits or um, sort of aggressive, um, you know, either whether it's tenants or clients um, or fair housing or regulatory or environmental issues that um, basically can create a vulnerability for your business. Um, You know, I think we piece a lot of those um, systems-based kind of they're not operational really they're sort of back of the house regulatory risk management based activities that are super unfun for an entrepreneur to think about Mm. um, and are very expensive so I think what you do is you're like oh we can just piece it together and then it'll be fine and then you know we'll just have the the highest possible integrity in the work that we do, which has always been my, my focus. And I, and that, and that integrity I think is, I I still value every day. Um, But there have certainly been, certainly been points where I'm like, Oh, I, you know, I, I I needed to have more insurance than I had, or uh, my contract uh, didn't allow for X, Y, or Z. Um, And, you know, I had a a situation in um, 2013 where, you know, I got, I got hammered with a, with a lawsuit, um, based on a, a lead, lead paint exposure and I deserved it. <laughs> so, which is one of those things where you're like, you know, in the moment I wanted to say, but I really wanted what was best for everyone. And, and ultimately like, I didn't do my due diligence with the vendor to make sure that they were doing the lead abatement the way that it needed to be done. Um, was it the end of the world? Was anybody? I don't think anybody was truly at risk, but but my company was at risk. So I had to detour from growing the business and offering that sort of stellar customer service, so that I could deal with a you know a conflict with a um, with a, with someone who I think had some valid concerns but was also predatory um in trying to just sort of like enrich their lives with a you know 100 plus thousand dollar lawsuit when they lived in the unit for like 3 days <laughs> so it's like you know that exposure was mine to address before before it became a major threat to the business and it's hard to do that when you're an entrepreneur because you can't always anticipate uh who's going to come after you and and when and why but you know more money more problems and the more visibility you have as a company more resources you appear to have. the bigger your team, uh, the deeper people think your pockets are. When it comes to just you know being threatened and your willingness to say, okay, fine, I'll just give you sort of give you money for something. And and that's been something where I feel I wish I'd had better advisors, better attorneys, where I'd spent the money sooner than later um, instead of spending the money to fight, uh, spending the money to protect myself.
1: Mm, that's such a that's a, such an interesting um revelation for me as well so because i'm thinking oh you know, th- yeah i think of our company as a startup oh, we start up you know we, ha- we we're hacking we're hustling this and that but but you're right it comes in and usually you're awakened by something like a large lawsuit or <laughs> or a situation so your advice is like the advice i'm unpacking from this from your particular um, description of your biggest failure is you know get the attorney spend the money have the contracts written by qualified people is that what i'm hearing
0: Yeah, I think that and like don't don't have your friend write the contract. (laughs) Just, you know, find a community like this one to ask probing Mm -hmm. questions about how you you engage with the right partners for your business. So you might your partner might not be someone that you work with Mm -hmm. every day, but you want an attorney and you want an accountant and you want an insurance broker uh, that has your long term interests at heart, not your billable hour at heart. Um, And I think, you know, we take for granted that, you know, we want to talk as fast as we can to avoid the legal bills. And and I'm not saying that paying a legal bill ever feels good. It does. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that when you know you've had someone that's invested in making sure that your business is poised for strong growth without those threats, then then you'll feel more, I think, poised and confident going out into the world to do your best property management work. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're dealing with people's homes. We're dealing with, there's a lot of risk in our business, in our industry. And I don't, I think we flirt with the idea of those conversations, but I don't think we've answered how to, how to make sure you're protecting yourself outside of, you know, getting insurance and having, you know, a lot of, uh, fears every day into the world. It doesn't have to be something that bogs you down, but you do want to invest in it sooner than later.
2: Hmm. Good advice, good advice. As a listener of this show, I already know you care about growing your business. You care about success. And what I'm going to tell you over the next two minutes may change and transform your property management business forever if you take action. I'm going to tell you a story of two customers who decided to upgrade their websites to a four and a half website. The first story is about Andy Moore. He is in charge of a company called Gulf Coast Property Management, golfcoast.com He went with four and a half website. We launched eight months ago. Over the last six months, two quarters, his owner leads went up by 189%, which results in over $270,000 additional lifetime revenue. Andy will receive from the customers gained the new website that he wouldn't have with his old website. The second story is about Jock McNeil with Alliance Property Management, alliancepm.com. Jock saw a hundred and eighty five percent increase in his qualified owner leads over the last six months. In his case, it's over three hundred thousand in annual and excuse me, in a lifetime revenue ad as opposed to his old website. These are huge numbers, and if you want to play in the top echelon of the property management entrepreneurs today, you need a website and a partner that can get you there.
1: To learn more about our property management websites, visit four and grow. While you're there, be sure to request your free website analysis. When you're ready to purchase, you will receive a special podcast discount of $400 off your website. Now back to the show. So let's take, let's, let's break down your journey into Unit-based components. Promise mm-hmm. no math, okay? You told me like Alex, don't make me do math. Like got you, none, nah, none. But it'd be very simple. Like I wanted, I want to understand. I want to help our audience because we have people who are listening who are zero. We have people who are listening who are thousand plus. But I want to sort of walk through the journey and see what's the biggest challenge, the biggest opportunity, and how you did it. So zero to a hundred. Can you take us back? Like what year was that? Zero to a hundred. How quickly you got there? What did you do to get there? Um, maybe give us a little bit of that story.
0: Yeah. Zero to a hundred was telling everybody we're the best management company in the city, even though, uh, I mean, it was about having confidence, right. And, and believing in yourself enough to get other people to believe in you. So that was the, basically that was the, the trajectory and it was truly building a reputation, being as visible as possible, creating, um, you know, an attractive brand, uh, using every resources that was free to us, Facebook, Twitter, um at that time instagram didn't exist but basically you know taking advantage of any networking opportunity uh, letting your friends know that you're in the business um one of the things that we did hit because we don't do sales and we won't it's just not we don't feel it's, it's the right thing for us to do um but we did go to open houses every weekend um with this with a sort of adorable gift bag and we would just introduce ourselves um and chat with agents and say hey just want to say great listing great house good luck um, we're a new property management company in the city. Um, you don't need to hear anything about what we've got going on now, but you, you, we might wanna be on your radar at some point. And you know, we're still hearing from people we did that with years and years and years later. So it was a good opportunity to get free one-on-one FaceTime with their board and not wanting to have their Sunday afternoon um, open house. Uh, and at that time there was a recession and nobody was buying anything. So they were a very captive audience. Um, and I, I'm kind of predicting that we'll have slower open houses coming up soon. Very, um,
1: very much so. Agreed. With,
0: with interest rates rising and the rest, I think we're going to start to see a little bit of a shift in how real estate agents, um, perceive our work and, and vice versa. But, um, that was, that was really how we got to a hundred. It was really one unit at a time. Um, it was being very engaged with the clients being you know a lot of like sort of um really high touch work with them Uh, and then you know what we did that i think kind of got us on the map um there was a, a best of contest in the dc city paper um i found some trick to to give people a organic tote bag if they voted for us i don't think any property management company had ever done anything proactive in terms of marketing around that contest and i think we had like i don't know between 18 and, 20, and 30 properties and we won de- the best of for the city that's paper awesome. which um was ridiculous because i mean it's i mean the contests are sort of irrelevant but what they do do is they create uh, a search engine optimization trajectory pr
1: baby pr and link back linking oh that's yeah. so, that's so smart you are right
0: so people search best property management company in DC, and we came up first after that every single time. So that was really a game changer. Um, and, and then every year that they held the contest, we were in the top three. And then it became like this really high stakes contest where, you know, like thousands and thousands of people are voting in the category. It actually got to be one of my, the biggest thorns in my side in terms of the amount of energy and time it started to take up. But it it was worth it in terms of that free PR.
1: Mm. So, so you did it. Others like looked at it like, what? The? She's just, she's, right. just, she's nobody. Why yeah, she's she's nobody. And then so yeah. it got more competitive. That's right. Yeah, that's
0: right. But we did place top three. Well, you know, all, for all those years. And then in between those periods where we were, were, doing that sort of the campaign, I would beg the city paper to take the category out <laughs> um, because it was so exhausting. I'm like, this is really not helping my business in terms of time management, but it, mm-hmm. it did in terms of publicity and promotion. Um, yeah, so- first hundred units um you know we got to 200 at that and then we got to 100 in about 2013 2012 ish um and then and then getting to 200 was
1: a lot faster let, let, let's so sorry just 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 yeah. gonna, gonna just stop you there for a second i have some other things i want to ask about the zero to 100 because there's yeah. operation piece besides mark so marketing was brilliant you've done really really well let me just just kind of sort of say couple hack strategies couple yeah. Lisa, Lisa wise hacks um, go to open houses talk to people mm? yeah um, that's, that's, that's awesome and the second thing is apply for you know your local newspaper best off and you know we've we've done this but it doesn't have to be best off it could be other things like we've done fastest fastest hundred companies by San Francisco business times these things yeah it's gonna cost me 800 bucks to so apply But please, ladies and gentlemen, understand the value of that inbound link from such an authoritative website is million, well, maybe thousands of of dollars, you know, maybe tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars for you over time. Spend the money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's that. And then, you know, we we did the same. So we were, uh, the Washingtonian Magazine, which is a really highly respected magazine, named us a, a small workplace gem. Um, So basically, any chance there was for us to gain visibility, that uh, got us on the on the map, is what we did. Uh, We also uh, wrapped our our first car, which was actually this really crappy old Mini Cooper, but it was adorable. And then we put our bird on the side of it, which was I think eight hundred and fifty bucks, and the value of that was huge. People were like, "Oh yeah, I see that little Mini Cooper everywhere with your bird on it. That's you know, what do you guys do? You know, we it was very." it was designed to intrigue people, not to necessarily drive them anywhere. So that I think that started to get a buzz out for sure. Um, and and again, like these are pr- these are pretty low-hanging fruit, affordable things that people can do that have a lot of staying power.
1: Gotcha. So let's 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 spend another minute on zero to one hundred or a couple of minutes. I want to understand from operational perspectives. Like who would you have? How many people you had? Who was doing all this? Walk us through it.
0: Yeah, I mean, for a little while, for a long while to be honest, so the 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 idea of like who's responsible for what depended on who saw the email first or who answered the phone first. So if you answered the call that said that there was someone interested in management services, then that was your that was your client. Uh, if you answered the phone when someone had a toilet problem, then that was your toilet to fix. So
2: you know, it was an
0: everyone is all in all the time uh, with a team-based approach, which we've, we've certainly been able to memorialize and build on, but with a lot more refined positioning now that, that we've got enough staff to sort of um, become expert in certain things. Um, so, th- you know, that was that was the beginning, and I think we were al- almost just kind of growing out of that on the roost side. We've definitely grown out of it on the nest side, but, um, you know, yeah, if you answered the phone, it was your responsibility. Was How many people? At that stage, I think we had like five or six people. Five, um, that many? How would you feed yeah, them? Yeah, I think that included like field techs and some part-time people. And I didn't make a salary for many, 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 many years. So I was free.
1: i would do it. Um, okay. So you but, basically you, you basically gave uh, the company everything it needs without without taking away and pocketing? Yes. Stuff. Okay understand. Um, all right. So uh, you are a hundred, you know, you have five people, hundred properties, a hundred, I would say a hundred to 300 or 250. Can, can you please yeah. take us there?
0: Well, that's when we needed to get a lot more serious about systems. So like no more keeping all the keys in a, in a box, you know, you had to have basically an organizational systems to track all the, the different elements of the, of the portfolio. Um, and at that time, um, we engaged with AppFolio to do our, our basically our, our property management software. Um, and AppFolio was new to the industry at that point as well and cloud-based and, and culturally and otherwise like very aligned with our business model um, and was a really good fit for us. I mean, it offered, I think more than anything, the accounting-based platform that we were really missing. We were basically doing an Excel spreadsheet and a cover sheet for every, um, every unit's uh, client, our owner and it was just crushing in terms of the, you know, it was so tedious. Um, we were running, it was again, one of those moments where it's like hire a really good CPA at that phase. When you feel like you can't afford it. Is likely when you need it the most, hmm. um, we were just kind of getting buried under the weight of all this administrative burden, um, cause the volume was just too much. So what works at 50 units doesn't work at a hundred doesn't work at 200. And then you have to keep sort of re- refining and rebuilding and growing and, um, and being willing to do that. Um, And I think the good news was for us, like Appfolio um, is in a similar space where they're, you know, they're always improving on their systems and tools and software and platforms so that they can grow with their companies. Um, If they had been a static uh, software company and not very interested in getting better and innovating, um, it would have been harder for us. So you know uh, in our internal operations in terms of making sure that everybody is clear on their rules and clear on how to be successful in those roles we needed to be clear on what we could expect from the software uh, So, and moving everything to the software and using the software well so the software worked well for us <laughs> so it's like you know uh, the software is only as good as you are in using it you know getting into best practices like you know put all of the vendor contacts in at folio like make sure that you're working it um was just coming up with best practices that you stuck with instead of everybody having their own side way of dealing with all of their, you know, their roles and managing the properties you have to create systems and those best practices and uh, standard operating procedures to make sure that that you do have consistency over the portfolio and and that you're like, you know, reducing risk. If someone leaves and they're great and they, but they have this crazy, you know, bizarre way of managing information and, and relationships and their, the portfolio that they're working with and the way that they're working with, and you can't re- replace them. So you have to have um, replicable approaches to managing the property and doing the work or, or whatever your part is in managing the property, whether that be finance or admin or operations or HR, whatever it is, it has to be something that we understand um, and can apply um, with you here or not here, which was, I think, really important
1: for us. Mm -hmm. understand so you the analogy i would use is at about 150 units or so, 200 or so you basically if you're talking about a sand and a beach your employees were just running around on the beach you know jumping up and down being like free to do the best work they can um within the confines of endless beach um the Appfolio gave you the sandbox to build your best practices around
0: yeah and i think you know it I think Appfolio gets better over time. I think there were a lot of things that it couldn't do for us um, that it can do now. So, you know, we had a lot of systems on systems on systems. So it's sort of like, okay, well, we're going to track all of the insurance vendors for all these different, you know, units or buildings. So we'll have Google spreadsheets with a thousand tabs to track, you know, all this different information. So we're, we're able to start moving more of that over to Appfolio because they're responsive to those needs and growing over time. So we're still sometimes on the, on the endless sandy beach um, with the storm coming, it's. It, but but I think we have better strategies around how making sure that we take cover and like come up with a solution soon, sooner than later.
1: Understood. So there's definitely that. Um, yeah. So, so all right. So that's for, so that's when you build structure. Once that's when you start to build the framework for what um, you know an SDC is going to look like. Um, what about the marketing side? hundred to three hundred. How long did it take you? And what did you do on a on the growth side?
0: We never changed our man our marketing strategy. It was always sort of uh, more of the same, which was which was always working for us. So, um, you know, getting our brand out there as much as possible. We did a lot of um, we'll blog. We do a lot of commenting on other businesses, uh, Facebook pages. We do still we were still doing you know the open house visits. We were participating in roundtables. We were um, affiliated with and participating in our, our professional associations. We were sponsoring different events um, for community organizations that we really supported, we were volunteering, like anything that we could do um, to be visible in our community, we were doing, um, which we felt great about. So, and, and and again, and building on our social media channels, um, which can feel time consuming and not necessarily compatible with your core business, but it, I think you don't get a core business unless you're really good at those things these days. So we got to 300, maybe in 2014, Um, yeah, I think so. I haven't actually like looked at our lifeline for a little while or, or to see where, where we hit what and when, but
1: the timeline. Yeah. I, we're, we're rebuilding our about page. I think we rebuilt it. Um, and, uh, and the timeline, the timeline that's, I had to think about these things or asking me, hey, what happened? What's significant happened in 2014? I'm like, hey, let's see, you know, what 100 things can I talk about? Yes. Uh, it's like, we just need one thing. Um, I'm like, yes. there's no one thing. There's Not one yes. thing that's not defined 2014. Right. It's like six. Yes. minimum." Yes. Better uh, um, narrow me down to one. Yeah. So that, that's the 300. Um, okay. And beyond that, 300 to 500. Now, 500 is already a, you know, a, a company with 12 employees or so, maybe more, depending on how you run it. And, um, so, what, what was the most significant um, part of that transition? How things changed? What have you done to make this business to continue to grow and be successful?
0: Yeah, I, I'm departmentalizing was something that we did that I think worked really well. Is sort of creating more structure around our finance work, creating more structure around our leasing team, uh, and then the maintenance team. I think getting a lot more clarity around how all those departments worked and building on them. Um, and, and and continually tra- you know investing in training people we focused a lot on making sure that we increased salaries and uh focused a lot on culture for our, our internal culture and making sure that we had um staffing longevity and um you know people that were really invested in being here and that the values of the company were aligned with their own personal values um and i think that that's what i think you know uh, helped us grow um, we 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 have the tools in place um you know we we had to rethink the way we were using the tools sometimes. So I think, you know, every year we'll kind of take a giant step backwards and say, how can we, um, how can we fine tune what we're doing or s- stop doing some of the things that we're doing? And one of the things that we talk a lot about is, and internally when we meet as a staff is if there's something that you do that you don't like doing, study it and ask yourself, if there's a better way of doing it, a faster way of doing it, or even if you have to do it at all. Um, and we found a lot of things we were doing were not necessary. They had just become part of the fabric of the, of the company. And there was a lot we could edit out and a lot we could streamline. And, and part of that was also taking advantage of the innovations that were sort of all around us um, that Appfolio was letting us use. And that part of that was doing our, our marketing, a lot of our marketing through Appfolio. Um, which we had shied away from for a long time because AppFolio was heavily branding all the marketing. And that's just not our, it's just not our vibe as to, as to sort of co-brand anything. They don't do that anymore. Um, So now we're able to push out our listings on different channels really seamlessly and quickly without as much work. um, But yet with our our brand and and culture um, intact. So it's a lot about saying like, how are we most efficient? Uh, How are we delivering the best, best possible service and product without, you know, killing ourselves. And that's, that's where we, I think we're able to get to the point of a scalable growth. Hmm.
1: That's very, that, that, this I haven't heard before. So you, you, you I mean, I have in, in bits and pieces, but this, this sort of what, what you're articulating to me is this overarching um, sort of focus on brand and not, even your comment about not having to like co-brand with Cause it's your responsibility to fill the units with the quality tenants. You don't want somebody else's name attached to it as a writer, right? On your, on your own train. And that's, that, that, that to me is, I, I think people pay a lot less attention to brand and, and don't do things locally as well um, to integrate themselves in the community so deeply that anybody thinks property management, it's them. Like there's only one other company I know that does it really, really well. Uh, it's called Dotson property management They're in Virginia. I don't know if you know Duke Dotson. Um, you know, they're doing a lot of this interesting stuff. Have you thought about starting a local podcast?
0: Um, I have blogging and podcasting in my 2020 strategic (laughs) plan. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We, and we participate in a lot of, um, you know, conversations like this one locally. So we'll do a lot of, you know, podcasts and interviews and conversations within round tables and things like that. So in terms of our, 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 our culture and our business model, we're definitely getting visibility for that. Um, but we're not necessarily generating it, which I think is on the list of things that we want to do more of.
1: How does a company, so I'm presuming you, you, you're over a thousand properties. Uh, if, if you want to correct me, correct me, or say what it is, but, um, uh, how does that, how does 500 being at 500, if you take yourself back 500, what was it like 2000, I don't know, 16 or something, how does that compare to where you are now? Like, is this a big leap or is this essentially a same company with incremental changes over that period of time to get to 1,000 plus?
0: That's where the leadership piece comes into play. So I needed more, um, more leadership, stronger leaders. Um, I needed them to have uh, the gravitas and the passion and the enthusiasm for the growth of the business in order for us to have um, just more people for the staff to look up to and get guidance from. So that's when we started to really heavily invest in having just a larger senior pool of people that were responsible for things, Um, which I think does a nice job of making sure that we're protected um, and that everybody sort of has a, you know, we want people to have a high quality of life when they're on the team. You know, you can't just add volume and crush people. <laughs> so like finding out how to create sustainable business mo- staffing models was essential. And I can't have staff on staff on staff without uh, a really strong set of leaders and managers to make sure that they're doing their best work um, and with the highest level of satisfaction. So it was a leadership question at that point, less so a systems question, because we, we knew we could refine systems and get better at our work. Um, but we needed decision makers um, and people that were willing to exercise a, a power position to make sure it got executed well. Um, and I think that that has been um, a, a two-year iterative process that we'll continue with, that we're getting better at all the time, but um, that, I think, was what had to happen in order for us to truly scale.
1: Yeah, got it. I'm sending you the traction book. Hopefully that'll it'll help. Um, you know, I'm I'm going through the same thing, and and this is it, it. I like this stage of the business. I like it very much, but it's also a little bit scary because, as an entrepreneur, you're like, am I the crucial piece of this business? Yes, I am. Do yeah. I have everything in my head? Yes, I do. Do I want people, you know, continue to depend on me? Maybe I do because I have all these. I've built this thing, but I'm learning to. I'm learning to not think that way
0: yeah yeah i mean i think you know um all these entrepreneur organizations will say you know you can't work as much in your business you have to work on it and and that does require a little bit of a leap of faith and helping to sort of deputize um you know, your strongest staff members around you to make sure that they have opportunity, that they're building their leadership, that you, you know, you really shouldn't be the one that can do everything that, that then you can only be as good as your own ego um, and the time that you have available. So, you know, if you want really want to get to, to significant scalable growth, you have to have a team around you that's interested in the same things. Uh, and you might not be even, you know, you shouldn't be as good at, at it as they are. Um, you know, I can't, I don't, I don't know how to lease property anymore. Um, and I feel great about that. Um, I don't know how we push out our listings. I don't know how we check applications. I don't know what the timeline is for things. I don't know how we contact the person that's, you know, responsible for the, you know, the 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 vacancies. Like, I don't know any of that. And I really, it's better for the company if I don't, because if I'm focused on that step, then I'm not focusing on our growth. I'm not focusing on our next brand. I'm not focusing on, um, you know, how we're gonna create basically you know, thought leadership in this in this field. Um, I'll be freaking out about why the keys weren't in the lockbox, um, and everyone should lose sleep over that. But I shouldn't be the one responsible for that.
1: Yeah, um, there's there's got to be accountability on your on your yeah. on your leadership team, and 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 from there, accountability sort of boils down. Um, so let let me poke something at you. Um, there's a couple of things I found. Like I, I'm gonna start poking things at my guests, just because I think you will appreciate it. Even though it may be a little bit painful, um, <laughs> uh, I do not like your three and a half star reputation um, all yeah, of a yeah. sudden. What is going on and what are you doing about it? Uh,
0: we have a reputation committee that we've established in house. Um, the three and a half star reputation piece is rough because if you aggregate all of our reviews, we'd be five stars. So it's the filtered reviews that's yep. a big problem for us. Yep. Um, and, you know, I think we probably have 80-something reviews all told, and about 70 of those are in the five-star range or four-star range, and then you've got a handful that are just going to crush you if those are the only ones that are getting factored into the star rating. Um, it It's an, it's a sort of an infuriating reality. Um, it's not that it goes without our attention, but there's also the reality that, you know, sometimes you have to just focus on your work and doing the best work that you can. I don't know, and... I don't know that there's a magic bullet. I know that it will be a high priority for us in 2019. So, um, and that we've got some key, we've made some key investments um, on in our sort of back of the house, partnering with the front of the house to see if we can turn that around. But, you know, I can, I, we've done the math. I can generate 35 five-star reviews and, and usually two to three will show up on the, on, in the review formula.
1: I don't really know how to Yelp, that. though, right? Yelp. Google yeah. does not yeah. does not do that as viciously yeah.
0: yet. I mean, Google, yeah, Google's its own thing. And, and actually, that's much lower hanging fruit. Um, and we should be at four and a half because that's easy because they're not filtering. Um, Facebook, we're in a better shape for, um, and we're in the fours for both companies. But, yeah, I mean, you're preaching to the choir when I <laughs>
1: Understood. But so I was surprised because I didn't expect DC to get there. To be at that that's like mediocrity. You're not a mediocre company. You know, no. be bad or be good. Dude. Don't be in the middle, like, right? But um, so so here's 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 a, here's a piece uh, advice that we've deployed over the years that works, like a charm at all time at all times. Um, you know. Most of your customers are happy. You know that, I know that most of your tenants and most of your owners, your 99% are happy. People who don't get into the unit because for whatever reason, you know, will give you, will slam you on Yelp and I'll stick, right? People who actually give you a good review won't stick. But it's not, you know, your whole thing is, um, it, it's, it's identifying the trigger, t- the touch points, right? The triggers, we call it triggers, where you touch the client, whether it's a move in for a tenant, a move out, you know, be brave, serve you on a move out. Um, you know, when you place a tenant for the owner, um, anything significant when uh, when a maintenance is completed. Um, so there's like four or five of these key touch points that your committee can identify and basically aggregate number of touches. It'll probably be at least a thousand touches every quarter, or maybe let's say 300, maybe a thousand touches a month, depending on how big your portfolio is, and execute it against those. And so assign specific, so let's say the maintenance person gets to survey people on a maintenance trigger, right? So isolate the triggers, put it on the whiteboard, then assign the trigger work to people and give them a scorecard and track it. And you, like, in three months, you'll just you you will blow up.
0: Yeah, we do do that
1: actually. Okay.
0: So we have a survey system. It goes out to people like just after move in, just after move out, and just after every maintenance activity. Um, the trick is finding the time to get back to each person and say thanks for five stars, thanks for three stars. What can we do differently? So we're actively engaged in that um, and tracking the experience. We need to follow up on the experience. So you know that is precisely what our you know next quarter approach is is establishing the system to sort of get to the get to the the last t- the sixth touch, right? If it's a if, uh, so that we can get people. Um, to be more vocal about the good experience that they had, uh, and and we do know that you know 90% of our move outs are five stars. That's an exceptional uh, track record. But we're not doubling back and saying, thanks for the five stars. Can you to us? Can you generate that on? Yelp. So and Affiliate has a really great survey tool that we can use, um, which has just been out, I think, for the last year or so. So now it's a matter of taking that tool and leveraging it and like, you know, finessing it so that it can work for us. Um, but I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's a matter of, you know, um, looping back and making sure that, that you've, you've delivered on the experience and that, and that if there is an opportunity for that feedback, then, then people are invited to give it.
1: Yeah. And so I think that 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 falls on you and your team to follow up. If you already have those survey results, that like the program we run, it automates that the connection between oh, five stars versus going on Google, giving you five star feedback and then going on Google and doing it. There's compelling reasons. You can be you can compel people to just like, hey, this would really help us out. You know, we, we work very hard in this company. Property management is not always a thankful business. And we we're proud to deliver the service to you. Could you please help us out? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, well,
0: unless you're Yelp, and then Yelp says you can't do it. Right? Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> I, well, I'm talking. I'm talking Google. Yo, Yelp, three and a half stars on Yelp is not all that bad. I'm no, honest.
0: it's not. <laughs> it's,
1: the,
0: it's the Google, and Google, honestly, I just kind of keep. Yeah, you're
1: right. I, I that's yeah. it. So that's I, that's enough. I don't want to poke at you too too much, yeah. but you get it. It's a little bit of a pain point. You solving it, and the PM grow by the PM grow summit we all gonna go and check nestdc.com reputation and it's gonna be what four and a half stars? Sure. I
0: think we can get there.
1: Okay. That's that's uh,
0: if Google's your your measuring stick, then
1: sure, we'll get there. Yeah, let's do Google. Yelp is is Yelp is gonna be Yelp. You have to Yelp have hundred reviews for one to stick.
0: Yeah. Well which is sort of where we've that, but that to be honest, like I never have anyone mention our Google reviews. I've never had a single person mention them until this conversation. People only talk about Yelp. They'll quote Yelp reviews back to me when I go to a sales meeting. Like that is what people are paying attention to, which is generally why we're like, oh my God, you know, I can I can generate 25 reviews for one to stick. And then you feel irritated that, you know, and honestly, most people don't think about doing the Yelp reviews as much. What will happen is one person will be mad and then they'll hit all the channels and then blast you wherever they can, which is why Google is sort of this like, that's where why, why we actually have that problem with Google. Um, but the, the people that are, you know, that are we're trying to generate positive reviews from you, you get them to Yelp, they they get filtered and then those people haven't gotten to Facebook or Google yet. But the but the cranky people will go everywhere. Yeah. All the time. And they stick. So yeah.
1: and, and we and we know that look, we Yelp just uh sent us a season desist. Uh we They've launched their AdWords, not AdWords, kind of AdWords campaign similar, and they've had agencies because they didn't have traction enough, so they like, figured, oh, let's get agencies to do that work for us and sell for us. And so we had a few test clients and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, like in property management, I don't want to get into too much of this, and we ran out of time. I want to respect your time as well. But look, if you don't ask it property management, you don't get, period. Yeah. Agreed. It's not a sausage, it's not a steak, it's not a, you know, it's You're not grass. To- today. Yeah, it's yeah. really, it's a. It's hard.
0: It's really, it's not an appropriate channel. <laughs>
1: so, uh, so because we had reputation.com relationship and they perceive reputation.com as a malicious, like they, you know, reputation.com, you know, breaks the, all the Yelp um, uh, guidelines yeah. and what have you. So they've sent us and so we're no longer doing business with Yelp. Well, uh, you know, fine with me. That's how they treat their partners and whatever. So I'm, I have no love lost for Yelp, but at the same time, the reason why, Lisa, I just want to end on this. The reason why you hear a lot about Yelp because Yelp is one of those very popular search engines, and people will check you out. What, what's happening with your Google reviews? Why you don't hear about them? Is because they're causing they they're causing um, a break in conversion for you. In other words, if you look for Nest, Nest excuse me. Uh, Washington DC property management there's three or four people place on pins yours is the lowest review so basically you're just not getting that click and therefore you're not getting the comment because somebody clicks on somebody that is higher review and, and it's just you're you, you're missing on the conversion yeah,
0: yeah that's, really great. that's a great point
1: all right so uh, I'm gonna have you gotta feed your dog and I'm gonna go and and do other things as well uh, I really appreciate your time today. Oh,
0: thank you. Of course. Always happy to chat with you, Alex. Anytime.
1: Look forward to seeing you at the PM Grow Summit. I wish you all the best.
2: Awesome.
1: And um, be well. And I hope uh, you and I talk about your leadership team and things are going to be uh, in a better space next time.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Have a great day, okay?
1: You as well. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.